Hello, Guardians. Welcome back to Tower Casuals, the Destiny podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Corey Deering, and alongside me, as always, is the tear to my kingdom, the breath of my wild, the switch of my Nintendo, Josh Finney. Am I the wind of your waker? You are. You're the wind of my waker. You're the princess of my twilight. That's you're a little the, kinky. I'm you're the lie. time of my ocarina, Josh. I love it. I love it. We, we're doing Zelda puns tonight because, guys, at the time of this recording, we are we are under three hours away from Tears of the Kingdom unlocking. We are. And I'm we very excited, excited and extremely impatient. I uh, I took a nap this evening to like prep to stay up tonight because I'm an old man. I'm also hyped up on cold medicine. I can't hear out of my left ear. It's going great. But it's okay, Josh. You know why? Because Zelda is right around the corner, getting great reviews. Oh, my God. Just phenomenal reviews. We, we had a question tonight from Jiggly Panda, and I want to address it right off the top of the show. Okay. That Jiggly Panda. Jiggly Panda wanted to know, how are we feeling with less than 24 hours to go before the Tears of the Kingdom release? A fucking phenomenal. I'm gonna, Let me tell I'm you. Gonna, I'm going to tell you something here, Josh. Okay. I haven't... I haven't watched anything on Zelda. Like I, I, I've I watched a couple of videos that Nintendo put out, but I haven't watched any like reviews, no. any footage, any. I'm going in blind. Okay. The last, the last piece of footage that I saw was the trailer they showed last fall confirming the game release date. That's mm. the last thing that I saw. Mm. I did not watch the two trailers they put out recently. I would not have known that Ganondorf was in this game, except everybody plastered his face all over the place like a fucking meme. Oh, you mean because everybody everybody wants to fuck him? Yeah, everybody wants to fuck Ganondorf. I also would not have known about the new champions if that hadn't been plastered everywhere. Also, oh, see, I didn't know any. I didn't know about the new champions. Oh, either. I'm so sorry. That's fine. I don't care. Um, yeah, I I wouldn't have known about that. Um, but I've largely stayed like completely like just out of it. Uh, I really would have loved to have gone into this game finding out that the fusion and stuff was like that. I didn't know about it. And I like I I almost avoided it. I almost avoided it, Corey. Yeah, that's uh, that would have been that would have been hard to do. I think at this point. that would have yeah. I think it would have been harder as we got closer to the release. Um, but suffice it to say, um, the one uh, a snippet from a review that I saw. I did not read any reviews, but one of the lines that I saw is um, basically it takes an already per- it's it's the perfect example of how to take an almost already perfect open world and somehow make it better. Um, Basically, I mean, it's no big secret. Breath of the Wild is widely considered to be one of the greatest games of all time. Um, For me personally, it is the greatest game of all time. Um, To hear that the sequel not only lives up to it, but exceeds that. Mm Mm-hmm is actually like breaking my brain to hear yeah i'm i'm really excited because i mean i've i've heard some things tangentially just like some of my favorite things from classic zelda games are coming back and i'm quite excited like like dungeons (laughs) like some of my some of like i've heard that some of the bigger gripes that uh a lot of us had in uh breath of the wild specifically like locating shrines Mm -hmm. that is the one snippet that i saw today i did see one little six second twitter video that it is now a different sound and they visibly have an aura on the map that you can see from a distance. You can see up close, cool. et cetera, because let me tell you something, finding some of those fucking shrines. Yeah, it was rough. It was rough, but I really loved the shrines. So 
I'm excited to dive in. We're a couple hours. By the time you're listening to this, it I will be playing it by the time you're listening to this. Yeah. So I I couldn't I couldn't wait, Josh. So I actually played Ravenlock this weekend to get a little bit of a Zelda fix. Oh yeah. Game Pass. How'd you that go? Let me tell you. I beat it in under six hours, and I got all the achievements. And it was a it was a fun romp through Game I've Pass. I've heard very good things about it. Yeah. It's not, I mean, it's not the greatest game ever made, but it was fun. It was fun. It's from the developers that made Echo Generation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't care for Echo Generation. It's not a bad game. It just wasn't for me. Yeah. Um, it's it's not a turn-based RPG this time, though. It's an action. It's like, it feels, it feels like a very, 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 very light Zelda game. Classic Zelda game. See, that, that I think that's why I loved Tunic so much last year. Mm-hmm. Because it felt like the original Zelda and Link's Awakening had a baby. Yeah. With a fox. Yeah. Um, I Can I also say the other thing that's really refreshing that I've heard a lot of just like across the board? That the game runs really, really well, even on oh the Oh my god, I was hardware. so happy. Dude, after after Star Wars crashed on me twice, and, and Redfall being what it was, just to turn a game on and have it boot up and run at 60 frames a second and not like fail at all <laughs> i was just like oh my god yeah hear, hearing how hearing how well it runs and that it looks great even in portable made me really happy that i splurged on the oled unit finally mm-hmm. uh, i bought the zelda oled uh i don't think i've had a chance to brag about it here on the show yet uh very very excited about that bought it set it up today nintendo's process for transferring data is rivaled only by sony's i.e they're both abysmal in the year of our lord 2023 it should not be this hard. And why do cloud saves only work with certain games? Why is my Animal Crossing island not in the cloud? These are all questions for a better time. Uh, so I spent most of the day getting frustrated with that. Hmm. Yes. Uh, trying to transfer that and my Pokemon saves individually. Very, very frustrating. But yeah, that'll, alas. That'll do it. That'll do it. Corey, we're here. It's Zelda Eve. We have another we Zelda here. question, though. We're, we're, we're going to address yeah. all the Zelda at the top of the show. Yeah, Josh, why do you hate Twilight Princess so much? Yeah, Josh, why are we really you hating Twilight this? Princess so much? Um, so I, I kind of addressed this uh, on a Twitch stream the other day that I, my buddy Ray was doing. Friend of the show, Ray Apollo. We love you, Ray. Um, I was addressing this in his chat. I have just this gigantic crusade against Twilight Princess. Um, I was coming off the high of the Wind Waker, which until Breath of the Wild came out, Wind Waker and Halo 2 were like the two greatest things I'd ever played. I literally thought at like 11 years old, damn, it does not get any better than these two games. This is phenomenal. To be fair, at that time, it really didn't get any better than that. <laughs> I mean, they're both still in my top five, but I digress. Um, so I I was one of those guys. I was at the exact right age, which Violet Princess was coming out. I was roughly 14 years old uh, when it came out. I, I actually remember my, my buddy Josh, my childhood best friend. His name was also Josh had a birthday party and got Twilight Princess for the GameCube. And mm. that was like the, the one version that was, that's the only thing I remember him getting for his birthday. And everybody was wanting to play it. We we're like, Oh my God, like this was Wolf Link. We'd all seen the previews. And I stayed, I stayed extra long at his house to play it. Me, me and him played it all, all through the next day. And I bought a Wii specifically for this game. I, I bought a Wii launch, uh, launch month for this asked for one for Christmas, just for Twilight Princess. I realized within a half hour playing Twilight Princess on the Wii that I wanted the GameCube version, but I couldn't figure out how to tell my parents that I wanted the GameCube version and not the Wii version. I bought a console specifically for this one fucking game. Can I I tell you a secret? Can I tell you a secret? What? 
I played the GameCube version on my Wii because you I know I thought about it so much. I genuinely thought about it. I could not drive at the time, otherwise I probably would have gone and swapped the games. So yeah. I suffered through the entirety of Twilight Princess with motion controls. And but number one, that was that was mistake number one. Off. You can turn the motion controls off in in the Wii version. Well, fourteen year old fourteen year old me could not figure out how to do that. Okay. I, I was reading on a fucking college level and I could not figure out how to turn off goddamn motion controls. So okay. there was that. There was that problem. Number two, um, that was in the era of let's make everything dark for no reason, like both in color palette and in tone. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Twilight Princess did some actually really interesting things. I still, I think Wolf Link both works and does not work. Midna is a cool concept. The Twilight Realm is an interesting concept. This is where like, okay, so I'm going to say like the nerdiest fucking thing I've ever said on this show. I That's used to be part good. of a Zelda fan forum when I was 14. Wow, I frequented a Zelda message board because I was looking for any info I could find on Twilight Princess. And let me tell you something. I was 14 arguing with a bunch of grown ass men about the timeline placement of Zelda games. Okay. <laughs> and this shit was so confusing because it was part of a... Sp- Ocarina of Time basically splits everything into three timelines. It's it's nerdy shit. This is our lore corner for the night. It's Zelda corner. It splits everything into three timelines based on if Link loses to Ganon, and then if he succeeds, uh, when he succeeds, the adult timeline and succeeding in the child timeline. It splits it into three different timelines. Breath of the Wild is at the end of everything. Everything converges eventually into Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. So this takes place in one of those realities a hundred year, at least a hundred years after Ocarina. But in the parallel timeline is when you get a link to the past, and in the other timeline is when you get the Wind Waker. It's all very confusing. Mm-hmm. And it just... The final boss battle also feels like very... I don't know, very Ocarina of Time-ish when you're fighting Ganon three different times. I don't I don't know. I have a lot of complaints. Zant fucking sucks. Zant yeah. fucking sucks as a villain. <clears throat> Here's the thing I have to say about Twilight Princess. I I love Twilight Princess. It's one of my favorite Zelda games for more reason than than it just being a Zelda game that I I'm not going to get into here. But like yeah. it, I think Twilight Princess has the best dungeons. I think the filler content in between is pretty Oof. pretty bad. Uh, yeah, um... I think the I think the Ganon fight. I think Puppet Zelda is interesting. I think the uh, I mean it it took. 40 hours for it to pay off but you know the the goat herding <laughs> paid off in that ganon fight uh and then the trick to beat ganon is to whip out your uh fishing rod and have him stare at it and then you can run up to him and slice him and dice him i i uh, like with every zelda game i admire it for trying something new i i really truly do um i think it was also like a matter of it didn't meet the expectations i had in my head this this was the first time i'd ever built a game up so much in my head that there was no way it was going to deliver um so like a lot of uh, grown-ass men got very upset about zelda back in 2003 with the wind waker um i found myself similarly disappointed in twilight princess i've never really gotten over it it just I've never got, I've never really wanted to go back to it. I've said that if it comes to the switch, I will go replay it because I can play without motion controls. Obviously Mm -hmm. I just have no desire to revisit it. It is my least favorite of the 3d Zeldas far and away. And disclaimer, I have not finished skyward sword. It is far and away. My least favorite of the 3d Zeldas. And it's not even close. 
So that's why I hate it, because I built it up in my own head to be so excited for this game. I bought a console specifically for this and Smash Brothers Brawl. Yeah. And I was disappointed in this, and I was kind of disappointed in Brawl. So... Everybody yeah, else Wii, loved the Wii. I, I sold. I, mine. I I hated the Wii. I I I played. I think I played a, like maybe six or seven games on the Wii. And Corey is a massive. And Corey's the biggest Nintendo fan that I know outside of maybe Ray. So that's pretty. That's pretty damning. Yeah, I I hated the Wii. I mean, that's that's the year I got really into Xbox and Xbox 360. Yeah. like that was the when the Wii came out, and I was really. I mean, that was that was the lead up to Halo Three. Mm-hmm. That was that was honestly the yeah. dagger for me. I was still a Nintendo kid. I had mm-hmm. played Halo. I played and owned Halo and Halo Two. I played Fable. Yeah. I played Coach War. Mm-hmm. But I was I a played Zelda the big fan. Xbox. I played the big yeah. Xbox exclusives, right? Like Kotor and Fable and Halo and Jade Empire. Like I played all the Xbox exclusives. The but fact like... that I was so jaded with Twilight Princess combined with the one-two punch, literally within two weeks of each other, mm-hmm. of Halo Three and Call of Duty Four: Modern Warfare coming out sealed that i was never going back after that i went back for smash and that was it that was it smash was the one thing i went back for and even then like it just gathered dust for years i eventually sold it um so now whenever i see that something has a motion controller it doesn't matter if it's vr or not i actively avoid it yeah I do too. the switch it took a lot to sell me on the idea of the switch when i heard there were i was like okay it's a portable co- god damn it there's motion controls yeah, but they never, I mean, to be fair, they never really did anything with it. They didn't. I did break my cardinal rule, though, which was after that, I swore I would never buy a console to play one specific launch game ever again. And then in the years leading up to the Switch, as we started hearing the rumors, like, oh, it's going to be a hybrid console. It's going to launch with the next mainline Zelda. I was like, all right, if it does both of those things, if I can take this on the go and it launches with a Zelda game, a brand new Zelda, I will buy it day one. I pre-ordered it. I bought the Master Edition. I was like, this is Nintendo's last chance with me. I haven't bought a Nintendo console in 11 years. This is it. I have not looked back. I don't play my Switch as much as I should, but it's worth it. I bought a whole, I bought a whole new console to play the next Zelda. Again. I did it again. I mean, fair. But I mean, that's, you know, it's Zelda, though. It, it's Zelda. Zelda is arguably the most timeless franchise in gaming. I would say it's more timeless than Mario, personally. Yeah. Mario's more iconic, Zelda's more timeless. Like, there is, is there, we'll, we will get to the Destiny talk after, our, uh, one last question to you, Corey. It, hey, I could talk about Zelda all night if you were. I, I know, and that's the problem. We both could. <laughs> we, we could fill an entire show and not scratch the surface of our Zelda fandom. Is there any other franchise that when it has a major title release that instantly the speculation goes to, this is not only going to be game of the year, could this be game of the generation? Is there any other franchise that consistently does this? Uh, I mean, I don't think so. I would say you can make the argument for one franchise and that's Grand Theft Auto. Because we had the conversation with three, with Vice City, with San Andreas, Maybe not with four, but definitely with five. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not a Grand Theft Auto guy, so I don't... I don't You're not, but I, I'm saying, like, overall in the industry, no, know, is there, is there another franchise that... And Zelda doesn't sell nearly as well as Grand Theft Auto and sold Breath of the Wild, actually. Um, well, to be fair, it still only sold about an eighth of what Grand Theft Auto... <laughs> right, but I, I'm, I'm saying, like, it was the first one to, like, not only cross, like, 10 million, 
You know, right. it's like 30 and counting. It's the fourth or fifth best-selling game on the Switch, I think. Yeah. Still, it's still selling I would, cakes. I would argue I would argue that Souls games are kind of getting to that point or That's true. From I I would argue from Yeah, I you can argue from Soft. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I would I would say Elden Ring is the Souls game, right? I mean, it's not it, it is. It is. I mean, so uh, and the the list I was referring to, uh there there was a list that came out from GQ uh yesterday, at the time of this recording, came out on Wednesday. Uh 100 experts in the video game industry, uh critics, uh content creators, creators, uh studio heads, etc. were surveyed, uh give us your top 10 games of all time, we're going to make a top 100 list. Breath of the Wild scored number 1. Um but Bloodborne was number 4 on that list. Yeah. Um, Elden Ring was like 18th, I think, and Dark Souls was on the list as well, the original Dark Souls. So mm-hmm. I think that like when we talk about like critical acclaim, it's like everybody stops and takes note. And I know that like, oh, we stop and take notice of like Naughty Dog, for example, yeah. right? Naughty yeah. Naughty Dog, I would say, has reached to that stratosphere since uh Uncharted 2. But the point is there are so few franchises and it's certainly the longest running franchise that we do this with that when we know there's a new mainline zelda game in development a 3d zelda we just like kind of go cool give us a logo and a release date yeah no other game i think releases quite the way to the critical and the fan acclaim that a zelda game does like it may not have the sales of something like a god of war until recently but whereas i'll see Breath of the Wild, it's funny, was really the first one I saw a lot of detraction on. And it was largely because of the weapon degradation. Mm-hmm. That was my biggest gripe with, with the game was the weapon oh, stuff. I, fuck, I fucking loved it. I loved it. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward. It, it fuels me. It gives me power. It gives me power, Corey. Boost the power. Uh, anyways. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, <clears throat> Legend of Zelda. Like arguably the greatest, most iconic franchise in gaming. Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty excited. I like, so I'm I'm working from home tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have some stuff to do at my my daughter's school tomorrow. Uh, she's having parent tea tomorrow. Ooh! But uh, as soon as as soon as I clock out tomorrow, that that switch is turning on because they're going to be gone. It's just going to be me and my son. He's going to I don't know probably watch Toy Story for the eight thousandth time, and I'm going to be playing some Zelda. So. I, uh, I I just find it funny that there's there have been these questions each time we get a major iteration of Zelda, I feel like. We have the question like, damn, is this not only like the next best in the franchise? Is this like, is this the best game Nintendo's ever made? Yeah. Because the conversation happened with the original Zelda. It happened with A Link to the Past. It absolutely happened. Ocarina, I would say, is where like the gold standard developed for what we expect, right? You don't. You simply don't get games like Elder Scrolls without that. You don't get an oh, open no, world no, no. without a little Ocarina of Time on the N sixty four. Right. Um. You know, I remember Wind Waker coming out and getting a uh, getting tens across the board. Um, Skyward Sword and Twilight Princess definitely less, but still had really really great scores. And then of course, I've never seen a game review like Breath of the Wild. Right. Elden Ring is the closest comparison that I have. Right. So, yeah, it's going to be good shit. The fact that it sounds like it's lived up to the hype. So we, we've now done 22 minutes of Zelda talk. I hope you enjoyed this. <laughs> this is why we're not having a lore corner tonight, because we talked about Zelda a lot. Yeah, I'm uh, I wonder, man, I, I, I have so many que- I have so many questions about this game. 
I, I do too. I can't. I cannot wait to talk to you about them. Yeah, maybe so we'll funny. do a Zelda check-in next week. Yeah, and I think we're. I mean, I think we're going to probably have you on my Nintendo podcast at some point to talk about Zelda in the future, oh, whether it's a that. proper episode or like an expansion pass or something. Um, I would love it. I would so. love it. That's it's the one it, that Metroid are like the two franchises I want to come on and talk about. Yeah, F Zero, bring back F Zero. Justice for F Zero and Custom Robo, the games of my childhood. Custom Robo, I oh, fucking man. love Custom Robo. Don't you dare! I didn't, I didn't say Don't anything. You dare. I'm, I'm getting the Dolphin emulator for my Steam Deck when I get it solely, so I can play Custom Robo, and I'm that's not even man, a, so, remotely joking. Okay, can can we talk about that real quick? So that that we'll get to Destiny, I promise. But that <laughs> that ROG ally, that ROG ally, was revealed today. Yeah. Did you watch anything on that today? Uh, I read some of the highlights. I hear the performance is really great. The thing that I hate is the fucking battery. Yeah, it's one and a half to two and a half hours. Yeah, playing it, playing in performance mode. Like, yeah. what's it like in quality mode? I'm like yeah. actually afraid to ask. Is it even worth it? It's like if, a game gear at that point. <laughs> well, it's got better specs than the Steam Deck. Yeah. Um, <sighs> it plays stuff natively, which is yeah, like it plus. has Windows natively on there, which is pretty a pretty big appeal, I would say. Yeah. I like it, and I, I really like how, like, buddy-buddy Microsoft and Xbox are getting with it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, so they were... Like they, Game Pass that, can run natively. Yeah, I mean, they were on the Major Nelson's podcast uh, today. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. like, they unboxed it, they interviewed the guy. Uh, Jeff uh, Rubenstein was playing uh, Forza Horizon 5 on it during the show. Like, it was... I think for the specs you get out of the box, it's not that badly priced. You would pay significantly uh, more to get a PC that can do that. Right. Um, and I mean, it is a PC. It has a dock that you can plug in and like plug it into a TV and a mouse keyboard controller. They did all that on the show today, which was like, man. Yeah, I, I really like it. I would. I yeah, would go I, get one of these, but I want to see how it holds up and like. Honestly, with all these things, my biggest concern is the battery life. I would rather wait a year or so mm-hmm. and get the next model with a better battery. Yeah, my thing is, too, is like I want to I want to see if Microsoft tries to work with the Steam Deck at all, too, because I mean, th- there was rumblings that they were trying to get a Windows proper version yeah. running on that. Right. So I would yeah, rather without us having to uh, basically yeah, boot camp it's, it. I mean, not nothing against nothing against the, the ally or anything, but like. It's the third. It's the third party controller thing, <laughs> you yeah. know. And like Steam is like a, you know, Valve and Steam is a name that I like know and trust, even though I'm not a PC gamer, right? But yeah. like, Rog is not really a name. Asus is a name that, like, okay, I have an Asus. Yeah, monitor, I, for, like, as far as hardware goes, I would trust Asus. So yeah, but I will say I, that. I just, I just like, I don't know. I feel like I would trust Steam. Yeah, no, I, I saw the Xbox controller that they have that like pairs with this natively, and it looks so fucking goofy. Yeah, I'm like, uh, this looks like a Dollar General controller because it literally says like Republic of Gamers across, and I'm like, ooh, this is, this is like fucking cringe. This is the kind of stuff that like the out of touch grandma buys for their kids. (laughs) Yeah, well, they, they paired a. a regular Xbox controller yeah. to it on the show today. So you, you can pair them with those and with Steam Decks. So yeah. that's that's pretty appealing to me. Um, mm-hmm. I have an extra controller for those purposes. Uh, eventually, mm-hmm. I use it with Chelsea's laptop from time to time. Yeah, so. I'm curious yeah. to see how how it does. The reviews seem to be really good. Just shit battery. Yeah, really which is, shit. Battery. Which is like the thing I care about the most if I'm traveling, right? Right. So. 
that you know, that's the thing like my mind's going to be docked at my tv a lot or at my monitor but i still want to be able to travel with this that's the whole point yeah. why would i take this if it's going to die an hour or two and for that i might as well get my hands burned by my switch right so not an exaggeration my hands legitimately have hurt from holding my switch before yeah my so <laughs> my hands hurt when i play playstation longer than like an hour <laughs> The dual sense really helped with it. Um, I would agree when it was uh, oh, previously. See, I think the dual sense hurts my hands. Oh, I fucking love the dual sense. It feels like an Xbox controller. That's why I like it. Oh, I, I can't. I can't stand the dual yeah, sense. Corey's controller. an old man. It's okay. I am. It's fine. Corey, you know what else we all need to get over? Speaking of Sony products. Oh, geez, what? Guardian games. I mean, we need uh... to get over some of the problems with fucking Destiny. <laughs> <laughs> this week we got we got two blog posts. We got a, we have a Schwab. Which uh, largely inconsequential. We'll talk about that in a minute. We got a uh, big blog yesterday, though. Season twenty one exotic armor tuning pass, and we're not going to go through everything in here. Um, there are a few things worth talking about, though. I think uh, mm-hmm. specifically when it comes to Titans, and then of course uh, the all important Starfire protocol nerf. Yeah. Um, so we're going to go through. We're going to talk about a few of these. Uh, we have some listener questions to get to tonight. Uh, yeah, let's just let's let's go ahead and just yeah. jump right Gosh, onto it. I just I want to say last week you would have been really proud of me. I actually went down the whole both blogs, read out all the numbers, we talked about everything. You did. I listened to it. I was very proud of you. Hmm. I felt good. I felt like I <laughs> contributed more than I normally do to the show. Also, I'm very sorry if I'm talking really loudly tonight. Um I'm still a little bit under the weather and I have a massive ear infection in my left ear. I cannot really hear out of my left ear. So I found that I've been talking a little bit louder to compensate. So I'm very sorry if I'm talking loudly. That's fine. I turn the volume down if somebody's talking loud. So it's fine. That's That's what volume is for, Josh. I try to keep the microphone a little bit further away from me. Uh, So anyways, this uh, this exotic pass, uh, two primary goals. Identify underused armor pieces and revamp them to increase the appeal. Tune down outlier armor pieces that are probably too powerful. Um, so unless otherwise specified, the following changes leave the rest of the exotics benefits intact. Um, for the hunter, they're getting some updates to sealed Ahamkara grasps, Aetheris' embrace, Oath Keepers, Raiju's harness, Radiant Dance Machines, Stompies, and Mask of Bacchus. Um I'm really, I really like the change to Aetherius' Embrace. Uh, gain additional strength while the Exotics Weighted Knife Damage Bonus is activated. So basically, once you've procced it, uh, you get a bo- you get a boost to uh, the power of your melee. Uh, that is already a really, really good Exotic, especially on PC. Um, mm. If you are a hunter, I highly recommend that you start playing around with this for PvP purposes. Uh, I've seen just you can just chuck the chuck the knife in the air. Just go fuck it, we ball, and you'll hit something. <laughs> like that's how good this thing is right now. Um, especially yeah. if you can master like on maps like Anomaly and Cauldron, bouncing it off some of those walls. It, absolutely phenomenal. Um, Oathkeeper, while fully drawn, bows gain a bonus to damage against combatants that increases as you hold the bow, but bow draw, but deactivates after a few seconds. Uh, this with Wish Ender is gonna be fucking cracked. Yeah. This is absolutely gonna be wild. Um I like that. Uh, Raishu's harness is basically useless now. Uh, the one I'm most excited for is to change the Radiant Dance Machines, though. Kills while you're free dodge is active. Extended duration of free dodging. No longer deactivates when you get too far away from enemies. Deactivates after using Suspending Slam. Um, so uh, this, <coughs> the developer's commentator 
And they say, uh, adding the time extension on kills allows us to pair extremely well with Marksman Dodge, Reaper Armor mods, and the new powerful attraction mod that allows you to collect orbs of power at a distance. Uh, during playtesting, players could have free dodges for long stretches, pulling down a large number of orbs. However, allowing it to continue granted free suspending slams made it a little too easy to create an infinite orb generating machine without ever having to risk your own survival. So I do like that they're taking certain abilities into account here now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're getting very specific tunes. Uh, I'm excited for Radiant Dance Machines. I got a really good roll on these a few months ago, and I've been waiting to bust them out. I use Marksman Dodge all the time because I'm just I'm really bad at the game, so I like free reloads. I figure if I'm going to dodge, I might as well get free reloads for my weapons. Uh, I mean, that's 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 fair. Very, very, very excited. And, uh, you know, especially since uh, we get mods, you know, like, oh, use class ability and this happens uh, for your fire team. Very excited for that. Uh, Stompies. Stompies is the last, the really the last Hunter one I think we need to talk about. Um, there's a lot of outrage over this one. Removed Shocker. airborne effectiveness penalties. You only gain increased speed, slide distance, and improved jumping while your dodge energy is full. Um, here And here, here's why people are upset about this. So that's that's a rough change in and of itself. But uh, we want Stompies to have a strong fantasy, but permanent uptime for potent movement benefits to make targeting hunters in PvP very difficult on controller, ends up making it too automatic of a choice, even with the prior airborne effect that this changes. We're undoing that change, but tackling the uptime to try and make it so you can use it to ambush or escape from an engagement, but not both. Um, on paper, I actually don't think this is that big of a deal. Um, I think it's going to hurt the hardcore community more than anything. The hardcore PC PVP community is -hmm. where this is really going to hit. Uh, if you are one of those who plays a lot of trials on Hunter, you're probably using this. Even with the nerfs, people were still using Stompies because they were so good. This is, (coughs) in my opinion, excuse me, uh, pretty clearly an attempt to run this into the ground or at least discourage you from using it. Um, I do think there are other options you can use um, for PvE players that this isn't going to change a single thing. No. Right? Mm -mm. Um, I don't know why you're really using Stompies and endgame PvE anyways, uh, other than in raids to help with jumping puzzles. So I want to see how this one particularly plays out on paper. I have a feeling this one may get walked back a little. I just don't know how you do it without fully walking it back. That's my only problem with this one. I, I don't know how you how you bring that back. Yeah. Um, because I don't think that you can just be like, oh, well, you know, like 50% or something like that. Like, no, that's, that's not how it works. Stompies are, they're a movement exotic. And yet at the same time, I would argue that Stompies, I mean, maybe they need to be tuned a little bit. I think this might be a little too drastic simply because both Warlocks and Titans have an ability to let them get out to a lane quickly. And this is about the quickest way that a hunter can do it is with stompies. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I think that that's, I think that's where part of the anger and frustration comes from. Uh, but I want to see this one. I want to see this one play out in PVP before we grab the pitchforks and mark on, march on Bungie HQ. Um, go, go put on radiant dance machines, guys. They're going to be fun. Trust me. They're going to be fun. They're going to be fun. Josh says, and Josh, we trust. Titans got a lot of updates. Uh, there's a lot here. Again, we're not going to go into all of them. Uh, but I want to talk about a few of these. So point cannon cannon point contact cannon brace. Lightning strikes now jolt targets. Increased PVE damage per lightning bolt from 50 to 200. 
being amplified now increases the damage of the lightning strikes by 50% instead of extending their range. Uh, so I really like that. No backup plans. This this is the big one. No backup plans. Complete rework. Replacing the old functionality entirely. Now provides a moderate benefit to airborne effectiveness and reload speed of shotguns. While you have a void overshield, shotguns deal additional damage and shotgun final blows refresh your overshield. While using a void subclass, rapid shotgun final blows or defeating a powerful enemy with a shotgun grants you a void overshield and kicks off health regeneration. PvP is going to be completely fucking broken, and I fully expect this to get nerfed. Yep. That sounds this, like a nerf. This, like, they put this out with their whole ass chest, and everyone looked at it and goes, yep, that's going to get nerfed. Yep. Holy shit. One of the major complaints about PvP has been void overshields. Mm-hmm. And barricades that give said overshields. And then they went, Bet, let's make it even worse. Yeah, about that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I want to hear from the Titan. What, what do we what do we think about this one, Corey? I mean, look, as somebody who really appreciates a barricade that offers some shield and in game modes like control and some, you know, some iron banner playlists, I approve this change. But overall, for the health of the <laughs> but here's the thing overall, for the health of the game and the health yeah. of PvP which is not exactly uh in the best state still oh my um, god it's it's getting worse <laughs> um i think this is probably not the smartest thing they could do can i can i tell you i have genuinely not had such a bad time in pvp it's been a while since i had i've been having a bad time in pvp but like higher end i found that i was still enjoying i was still having some fun in trials some fun in iron banner guardian games supremacy has just been abysmal. I had a couple really fun matches that first day and it just did not repeat after that. It was yeah. a complete fucking nightmare. It's always a team of Titans. It's never a team of warlocks that I'm fighting. Um, and it's like six thunder crash Titans or six bubble Titans all at once. Yeah. It's like, you fucking kidding me. Um, it's not fun. Over shields everywhere. Barricades. I'm, I'm fucking done with it. I'm fucking over it, Corey. Uh, I'm, I'm done. Uh, I'm done. You guys have fun with your no backup plans. Have, have its time in the sun. I will be shocked if we get through the entire season without this getting the axe taken to it somehow. Yeah. Because I, I don't know. I think if uh, Shotgun Final Blows didn't refresh the overshield uh, or Rapid Blows did not, if those two things did not give you the overshields, then I think it would be fine. The buffed airborne effectiveness, cool. Uh, reload speed of shotguns, cool. While you have the Void Overshield, cool. I don't think it should be... Gr- I don't know that it should necessarily grant it. Defeating the powerful enemy with shotgun, totally agree. PvE, I have no problem. PvP, this is going to be a nightmare. Yeah. I don't even have a problem with it doing the health regen. It's just like, oh, well, we already know what the meta is going to be next season now. Void Titans with shotguns. Um, Hey, that works I, for me, though. Fuck you. Uh, the change to second chance. Also very excited about this one. Uh, shield th- shield throw melee now weakens enemies. Stunning a barrier champ with your shield throw melee grants a single full melee charge. Love it. Absolutely love that. Big fan. Big, big fan. Um, And then we have... We're going to talk Stronghold. And then uh, I got one more at the bottom of the list I want to talk about for Titans. Uh, Stronghold, replace the healing from blocking shots precise, uh, blocking shots precisely with significant damage reduction, 50% PvE, 10% PvP, while blocking with a sword. 
when you stop blocking gain restoration times two with a duration that increases based on the number of shots you blocked. I know a lot of people really like running swords in PvE concept these days. I think this is going to pair really really nicely with that, especially when you can tie it in with the champ mods like we have this season. I think yeah. this could be a... I don't know if this is going to be meta necessarily, but this is one that can actually be used. Yeah. So I like that. Um, Eternal Warrior has some some cool updates. Uh, highly recommend you check that out. Path to the Burning Steps as well. Uh, Dune Marchers. Reduce the range of the chain damage from 20 meters to 12 meters and PvP damage from 85 to 50. Uh, Exotic sees a lot of use in PvP and not much in PvE, and these changes embrace that. The range on the damage chain made it very easy to kill, get killed by this exotic without ever seeing the person killing you in PvP. Yes, it did, and it was infuriating. I want to... Mm-hmm. I want to pull something that like <clears throat> that Johnny said in our discord the other day where he was talking about the starfire protocol nerf, which we're going to get to, but he goes, I'm all for things that help with the overall player balance of the game for the health of the game. He goes, mm-hmm. yes, storm grenades and do marchers lightning have been really fun, but they've had their time. It's time for them to be nerfed because yeah. it's not fun playing against that. Even yeah. as a Titan, like it's, it's fun to use. I love doing it but it's not fun to play against. And that's kind of been my experience in guardian games mm-hmm. has been that. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I get it. Uh, <laughs> I just, I run, I used to run dune marchers as like a big joke, but uh, I mean yeah. that with the, with arc 3.0, they became legitimately good. I, I know. That's what I'm saying. Was, and yeah. like, they, they've, had, uh, they've had a full year in the sun. It's just our close to a year in the sun. They've had about nine months. It's the same thing. We're going to talk about Starfire protocol. It's been, it's had its time since solar. And I know that I know a few of our uh, friends don't like it when I say that, like, oh, that's had its time in the sun, time to take it out back. But I mean, really, it, it yeah. is like, <laughs> I, I, I agree. I agree with you. Welcome yeah. to a, welcome to a live service game. Not only that, but welcome to a live service FPS that's doing things that other games aren't. Um, if that's what has to happen, you know, meta, meta's come and go, you know? Yeah. Once upon a time, Swarm of the Raven was boss DPS meta. Ikelos shotgun was meta in oh, Warmind. Yeah. Sure was. Let's let that sink in for a how, minute. How a long did how long did you grind? How long did you how long did you grind? Uh, uh, I did not. I got it by accident. I got it by accident. Oh my gosh! I grinded yeah. for that thing for so long. I got that and uh, a good roll in the SMG by accident. Um, I had to grind for Ana Bray's weapons is what I had to grind out for. Mm. Yeah. Uh, those, and there was one armor piece that took me forever to get. Mm. It took me forever to get that cloak. It took me legitimately like a year of trying to get that cloak, at least. Uh, the Warlocks have a lot of changes, too. Uh, some of these are not that big. The two biggest ones that we're going to talk about are Mantle of Battle Harmony and Starfire Protocol, but there are a few others uh, that I want to address. Um Vesper of Radius, uh, your rifts emit an arc shockwave every five seconds that deals damage, 200 in PvE and 70 in PvP. Enemies defeated by these shockwaves explode for an additional 100 damage, and if you have an arc subclass equipped, also blind nearby enemies. This, I think, could be really fun in things like Iron Banner Control. Mm. Um, people like me who like to just rush into those rifts, uh, I think, are uh, are fun. Uh, that, that could be really cool. Uh, chromatic fire increase the radius and damage of the explosion caused by precision kinetic takedowns. Explosion also applies a status effect that targets damaged by, depending on which subclass you have equipped, which can include blind, scorch, slow, sever, and weaken. 
Uh, really, really like that. I think Chromatic Fire can be used in a bunch of fun builds next season. Uh, Dawn Chorus, they changed the projectiles on Daybreak uh, to have the bonus damage increased and is no longer reliant on the enemy being scorched. You can be an AC-130 again. Uh, Johnny was preaching the uh, the good word of our Lord and Savior Don Chorus in the Discord the other day. And sure enough, when I've played Warlocks recently in PvP that are using Solar, they are using Don Chorus. Because they're flying around shooting me from the skies. It's not fun. Uh, but like we said, there were a couple of uh, there were a couple of big ones. A couple of big ones here. Mantle of Battle Harmony. Weapon bonus damage changed to tier 4 when super is fully charged, increasing damage bonus and PvE from 20 to 25% and reducing damage bonus from 15 to 6% in PvP. No longer stacks with Surge Leg Armor mods, but provides larger bonus that can be achieved with three such mods equipped. Damage bonus only applies to weapons that match your subclass damage type and now stacks with Empowering Rift and other similar damage bonuses. It extended base duration of this bonus from 6 seconds to 10 seconds in PvE and 3 to 5 in PvP. I will be completely honest. I do not know about enough about Mantle of Battle Harmony and how it works to provide accurate commentary on this. I want to steer everybody to True Vanguard. He did a video breaking down each of these armor changes. Um, first off, if you're looking at this from a PvP perspective, which most of these are PvP-focused, highly recommend you go and watch his video. He specifically uses Mantle of Battle Harmony in his Warlock build, and he was very upset with these changes yesterday. I have not gotten to watch his video yet. Uh, I plan on watching it tonight while I'm waiting for Zelda to unlock, but I would steer you to that, and I'm not sure if he's on uh, Destiny Community Podcast tonight, but if he is, he's probably discussing it there too. Uh, he is the only person I've really seen provide any sort of commentary on this. So uh, I would I would check it out and see what he thinks for builds going forward on this. Um, it's also just been a long time since I talked to anybody who's like regularly using this in their builds. Not that it's not good, but it's been a while. And that's largely <laughs> because of Starfire Protocol. Let's talk about Starfire the elephant in the room, Corey. Protocol. Let's do it. Let's do it. Reduced the amount of energy gained per instance of damage from 20% to 2.5%. Empowered weapon now kills yes. now grant 20% grenade energy. Uh, I want to read the dev commentary before we dive into this. Oh, Starfire Protocol. We're starting out great. This exotic has been strong for a long time, ever since Solar 3.0 dropped, and fusion grenades became much more powerful for Warlocks. In making these changes, we didn't want to completely rob the exotic of its benefits, but right now, Starfire Protocol is one of the best single-target damage-boosting exotics. Combine Wither Horde or Wolfpack rounds with a rocket launcher with Demolitionist, and you essentially get an infinite loop of rockets and double-detonating grenades. That's pointed at you, Joasis. And it's sucking all the air out of the room. These changes are intended to tamp down on passive weapon damage, giving you your grenades back too quickly. You still will probably get an extra grenade or two per damage phase, while also pushing it away from single target damage dominance and more towards neutral play. The, this is the most important line that they have here. Pushing it more towards neutral play. Because this is, and this is what Johnny and I were talking about, the neutral game is still there it's arguably going to get better. Yeah. It's just, it won't be the top, 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 top tier option anymore. I think this is a good thing. I do think that this, this is a 90% nerf. Yeah. This is insane. 
I think that this is this is a little too drastic for me. Ninety percent. Ninety percent. I genuinely I thought that a nerf. Well, we all knew a nerf was coming. I thought it was going to be something like a fifty to maybe like sixty five percent at most. I think this is going to get walked back just a little. Yikes. I think they're I think they're going to tick this up to from uh, reduce reduction from twenty percent to like eight percent maybe. Um, and it's important to note your empowered weapon kills are still going to grant twenty percent or not still they will now grant the twenty percent grenade energy. You can still build into grenades. It just won't be the greatest option in the world. What this is going to hurt the most is the people who are trying to solo bosses. Yeah. Um, Man, yikes. I do think it's a bummer, and I do understand there. It's funny, the Warlock community is super divided. I've seen a few Warlocks that we know just be like, God damn it, I can't believe they're like, We're having fun, Bungie's nerfing it. You've had a whole year with it. Sorry, you've had a whole year. John, John's analogy when he and I were talking yesterday was remember the dominance of one eyed mask in PvP. Oh, god, yeah, remember, oh. don't do you remember Shards of Galanor before it got nerfed into the ground? How yeah. when you got kills in Crucible. It not only you were not only getting your super back faster, which is a perk on the exotic, you were getting it for every hit that you landed, not just kills, for every hit, as long as you stayed alive through your super activation, you could have it back in under a minute and a half. Yeah. I was yeah. popping off three supers in regular crucible matches because I was hitting my targets. And yeah. if you killed them, you got even more. They finally had to nerf it to be like, oh, the, nope, the most you can get back is 50%. Even that was almost too much. Yeah. You used to be able to get back 75, almost 80% if you really nailed it. Yeah. Like, everybody has gone through at least one or two of these scenarios. And it's like, it, it's just, it's time. It's time. It's not like this is terrorizing the Crucible, like those two were, but it's time. Yeah. And I hate to say that. And I understand the fear of some warlocks that, oh my God, well, this means I'm going to have to go back to Luna Factions. My only response to that is, like, yes, Luna Factions are still a thing that are still in play. You were probably still running well. Nothing says that you... I think there are so many options now that I don't think that, like, unless you're doing a day one attempt or maybe a GM, I don't know that multiple wells are necessarily required anymore. Yeah, I mean, especially with, especially with, like, all the other, like... Every other class has some something to help too, right? I mean, I don't, I don't know, man. I think I it's... think that like if you're looking at it purely from like an ability standpoint, I can understand where this is really frustrating. You were still able to pop your well to help everybody, but you were chucking all those fusion nades. You were, you know, it was helping with DPS. I understand that. I get the frustration there. I think that you still have the. I think Needlestorm is an excellent, excellent, excellent PVE super. Yeah. I think being able to suspend shit is such an invaluable thing. I think we get so caught up in the DPS of it all, we forget the utility of the classes, yeah. right? We forget that there are other ones. Now, I will say this. If you're going to nerf this, I think that Arc, uh, that Arc Warlock needed a buff if you were going to do this, like across the board. And we don't know exactly what all the sandbox changes are going to be coming out with this season. I really, fingers crossed, it's a stasis and Arc season. Um I would really like to see buffs to Arc Warlock to compensate for this. Uh, again, I think that it's good that we have dominance. Like right now, Void Titan is dominating over there. Void Titan dominates. Void mm-hmm. Titan and Arc Titan are incredible. Hunter yeah. is pretty solid across the board with the exception of Golden Gun. We yeah. Warlocks need a little bit of love, but I think that when we look beyond just the DPS of it all, 
you look at stasis and yeah, the super may not do a lot of damage to a boss. It can clear rooms though. It can help clear ads. It can help clear rooms. It's, I think it's still really good in PVP. Um, I stasis turrets are in fucking valuable on higher difficulties. Yeah. Um, but I understand where we need to give some love to arc and void warlock. I can understand feeling like you don't have a whole lot of options. I would encourage you to make another build. Like, I think it's healthy for the game to go through phases where certain things are really dominant in PVE activities, and then certain things aren't. I mean, yeah. for a while there, for Hunters, Orpheus Rigs was our best way to DPS with a super. That's kind of wild to say out loud. It's still a really, really good one. But like, we're having our time in the sun right now when it comes to our DPS with Star Eater Strides. Mm-hmm. You know, I ran Star Eaters. I ran my, my Fish Pants uh, during the, uh, the day pants. one clear. Fish Pants represent. I didn't even consider using them because I had such a shitty role. And uh, I think it was Oak uh, popped into it. Shout out to Oak. He's, uh, he plays a lot of trials with uh, people in the clan. He uh, he popped into our chat and he says, uh, hey, I just got my clear. He was like, uh, he was like, who who are your hunters? And it was me and Fox. He goes, okay, only one of you needs to be on Tether. He was like, he's like, Najash, I, I really recommend you put on Star Eaters and put on either Arc Staff or Shards. And just the way that I'm kitted out, I feel much more confident with, I can't believe I'm saying this, I feel more confident with an Arc Hunter than I do with a Solar Hunter these days in PvE. And I was like, oh man, okay. And sure enough, here I am. Boom, I'm finishing like second or third in the DPS ladder every time because my super is doing so much and it's constantly jolting not only jolting the boss, but it's shocking all the enemies that are trying to gather around Nezarak. Mm-hmm. It really was helping. So on subsequent ones, I was like, oh shit, I don't need to save this for like bosses or anything. I can use it to just clear the way in the encounters for everybody. Like, this is great. And with stories, like, I'm getting it back because it's more, it gets more powerful the more orbs you're picking up. Like, we're getting our time in the sun. Star Eaters are probably going to get nerfed into the ground again fairly soon. And I'm going to enjoy it while the getting's good. You know that, but they are a viable option, and that's how. But that's how our DP, that's how our supers DPS so well right now is with that. Without that, Arc Staff isn't nearly as good. Or Gathering Storm, it's good, but it's not as good. Shards mm-hmm. or uh, we call it? Blade Barrage, it's fine, but you're not going to do the big boy damage you will with Star Eaters, right? So I think we go through these cycles where like certain things are going to be. Or I mean, God, Celeste. You want to talk about having to run the same thing? I, I get that Warlocks, like, and part of it's because, like, yeah, Solar Warlocks were designed to be the healing class. You know, in Destiny 1, it was, hey, you have self-res on, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to sacrifice your super damage to make sure you have self-res, so if we all go down, you can start picking us up. Right. Here, it's like, yeah, we need the well, but, and I understand the well isn't a flashy move. I mean, neither is dropping a tether, really. Oh, boy, I shoot a couple of quick arrows. I'm not shooting a big, I'm not shooting the big ass chaos reach or, you know, thunder crashing in, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing the A1 Johnny. I'm not swinging a big ass hammer around. Uh, I'm not, you know, not thunder crashing in. It's, it's boring, but in a team game, I think I'm less bothered by having to be the boring one. And I, I understand the part of this because I don't play Warlock. I am less bothered by being boring or feeling like I don't have utility knowing that, this is really only affecting me in the end game. And, you know, we have shifting metas, you know, if we're going to focus on arc and 
Stasis next season? Great. I look forward to seeing a lot of Stasis turrets out there. I hope we get more Stasis aspects soon. I, for one, love throwing a Revenant super out there. You know, who, who was it? Uh, John. I think John was building, a, he built a, a Stasis Titan build and was sharing it with everybody. Yeah, he sent it to me at one point. Yeah, I have no idea if that still works in, you know, a post in a revamped economy. But, you know, that's like there are ways to take underwhelming supers or underwhelming abilities and make them viable again. And honestly, like at the end of the day, I I can't I hate saying it like this because it sounds like I'm being dismissive. And I'm not at the end of the day, as long as you're having fun. Isn't that what matters? Like, I'm so tired of getting caught up in the the arguments about like, oh, they took away the best thing in the game. They took away the meta. Who cares? Are you still having fun? Yes or no? Like, if your enjoyment of the game is wrapped up in one specific item, then maybe it's time for a break. Right. If if nerfing one item is going to ruin your whole experience, genuinely, I, and I mean this sincerely, maybe it's time for a break. Yeah. I have taken a very big break this season and last. I've played the least amount of Destiny over maybe the last, like, three or four years. Yeah, across the last six months and it has done wonders for my enjoyment of the game and for my mental health it's done wonders i have largely disconnected from the destiny discourse because it's just and it's like this with every gaming community just took destiny a long time to get there the negative voices are always a minority but they're the ones that get amplified negativity gets amplified everybody else is positive why are we going to share the positive thoughts so that's just some food for thought Not just on Starfire Protocol, just in general, like state of the game, state of some of the exotics. There are, there's legit things worth complaining about. And yes, I think this change is too drastic. But as Joe pointed out in the Discord yesterday when we were all talking about this, Bungie knows when they go too far after it's out in the game. How many times have we overreacted to something only to go, damn, that was actually a really good change. Yeah. You know? I'm going to I'm going to wait and see how this looks out there before I get too outraged, but I think on paper, yeah, I think this is too drastic. And that's okay. Bungie walks things back. Yeah. But that's I mean that's just the nature of the live service game. That's though. the nature of a live service game. Yeah. You I mean, you let you let things happen and then once once people figure out the meta, they switch it up and then you got to figure it out and that's just you know, balancing the game. That's just the, that's just the nature of it. So exactly. Exactly. So also you don't want this game. You don't want this game to get stale, right? I mean, how, like what if we were all still using like (laughs) hung jury and, you know, matador and fell winter's lot. Like, you know what I mean? Like all these weapons that like, (laughs) I mean, we are using two of the three pretty consistently. Maybe that was a bad analogy. Yeah. Okay. That was, that was bad analogy, but you know what I mean? Maybe we're all like, if we're all using like thousand yard stare and like, I don't know, chroma rush and things like that. Like things that have had their moments. Yeah. You know, I don't like when things get nerfed into the ground and we they get forgotten about, but I do like the fluctuating meta. I think it's a way of keeping a live service game fresh, mm-hmm. for better or worse. Yeah. But Corey, let's uh, let's shift on over to Schwab real quick. Let's the talk a little Twab. Guardian games. Yeah. I, I don't remember how much you guys. Uh, I've slept a lot since then. Uh, I don't remember how much you guys talked about Guardian games last week. But with us being two thirds of the way through. Kind of feel like we can just give our thoughts now on Guardian Games. Yeah, I'm I'm done with it. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm also I done. I earned my champ title last night, and I'm done. 
I don't I don't care for Guardian games really at all. Like it, yeah. this is the least engaged I've been with Guardian games. Yeah. And that's really frustrating for me to say. I love all the wacky medals you can earn in the strikes. But uh, I think the gr- I think the platinum grind is a little too much in terms of the uh, medals you have to turn in to get the title. It's a little too much. I'd reduce that by maybe 20%. Yeah. Um, because the only reason I got there was because I was just grinding out Nightfalls. I was finishing a platinum and I was immediately going and picking. You can't pick them up from orbit either, which is really aggravating. You have to physically go to the tower to get them. Yeah. It makes it really hard to string multiple runs together uh, or to stack up like, oh, five, five, three, three. Uh, makes it really hard to do that. Uh, I already mentioned Supremacy. I enjoy the Supremacy game mode, and I actually love the changes to it. I love Supremacy, but I just... I am not enjoying six-on-six class versus class. It's a cool idea on paper. I think when you have have classes, they're so irreparably more powerful than their counterparts. It makes it less fun. Yep. So, and you're saying that even as a Titan main. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I... I, I know what I'm saying. I, as a Titan who is, you know, pretty much dominating this mode, like I, I don't like it. I feel it's, I feel like it's unfair across the board. I liked it when, remember when they brought it in at the end of destiny one and it was like this new, interesting kind of thing. Right. But like, man, right now it's just, it's unfair. Shoulder charge all day, man. Shoulder charge all day. Well, that got nerfed too. Um, I'm, I'm well aware. We talked a lot about. <laughs> look, I will. We, s- we spent an unnecessarily long amount of time talking about how nerfed shoulder charge got again last week. So I'm actually like very excited about the champ title. I do genuinely like it. Uh, other than st- I, I think they've just gotten better and better. I didn't like Flamekeeper. I liked Ghost Rider. I thought that was fun. Mm-hmm. A little nod to to Glint stories. Star Baker is fucking great. If you watch Great British Bake Off, that's like the best title they've ever done. And then Champ. Champ is officially the asshole title, I feel. Yeah. So naturally, I'm going to leave it equipped. I'm going in the final shape with Champ equipped. It got me to finally take Undying off after all these years. Yeah, you would. You would do that. I would do, do that. that. I'm I'm, bu- I'm buying this seal. I really like it. I like the design of it. I like the Guardian game seal, if nothing else. The logo they do for it, I think, is genuinely cool. Yeah. But, yeah, Guardian games still continuing to be a big dud. Uh, they they got to change it up even more. I think, I think that they do it. I like the ability and the, like, the gun, extra gun damage and the extra ability damage i think that does make it much more enjoyable i was getting supers literally in like 30 seconds yeah it was great but i had a drastically better experience doing it on hypernet current last week than i am on arms dealer this week uh just drastically different experiences one was way more fun than the other uh not even that this one was bad it was just like oh it was fun because of the enemy density and because everything's like jam-packed in there and it's like it's taken, so they're all dying really quick. It's like taken in Scions, they're all dying really fast. Like everything had void over shield, so like just bing, 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 bing. I'm just like uh, I'm just holding down the trigger and like barely turning my joystick, and the entire army is gone. It was really fun. I, I was really enjoying it. Retrofit escapade, man, all the way. Can we talk about this teaser trailer for Season of the Deep, though? That is not even a teaser. It's nine seconds long. Yeah, well, I mean, what was the point of that? Well, that that was my thing. I was like, what the fuck was the point of this? Yeah. Um, 
you know, if you, you do some freeze frames, you can see, uh, you know, the ocean on Titan and whatnot. Uh, clearly, you're flying over it in your ship. Sloan is heard talking. She has survived since the collapse. Her arm is taken. Her arm is, in fact, taken. Um, there is something fucking swimming outside that window. Confirming the theory about the Leviathan, I think, that's uh, yep. in the ocean. Yep. But eight seconds. Eight fucking seconds. I don't understand why we got this, but okay. Um, I have no idea. I don't know. This is really silly. Uh, I do like the fact that uh, we've had we've had one uh, Dead Man's Tale. Then we got another one with Longarm. Now we're going to get a third one called Last Right. It is a kinetic Tex Mechanica aggressive scout rifle. Neat. Neat. Because these didn't already dominate in PvP enough. Right. So, yeah. Uh, it's chrome? Question mark? I like the ornaments here. I think the Crucible ornament especially looks really dope on this gun. Uh, really like that. The Vanguard one, of course. Like, the Vanguard one is probably the cleanest look, but it also looks like the fucking goofiest. Yeah. <laughs> like always. Uh, I could take or leave the uh, the Gambit one. Yeah. And then yeah. these armor ornaments. These armor ornaments are fucking wild. <laughs> You're a jellyfish, man. I don't know how I feel about this. I like the, the bone chest piece for the hunter. I don't know. I need to see this cloak all together. I don't think that I'll be wearing the cloak, but uh, Chelsea saw this art today and was like, how high of a level would I have to be to get that? I was like, you probably, these are the armor ornaments. You're gonna have to finish the season pass. And she was like, nah, I'm out. I'm good. This almost got, this alone almost got her back to destiny. I want everyone to know. This almost got my girlfriend back. Oh, yikes. These armor ornaments, because uh, she really fell in love with the, uh, the angel-looking ornament for uh, the warlocks there. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a fan, but whatever, it's fine. Um, I mean, looking at the Titans, I think I think the Titan chest piece looks kind of cool. Yeah, but I, I don't know, man. The I, whole ensemble, I, I would tend weird. to agree with you. I mean, it's an underwater theme, cool, like. Yeah, that's fine, but you already tried to do that for Iron Banner one year and or for three years. Pretty, it much was bad. Like, it was not great. So no, that was the first thought I had when I, I was like, "Oh okay. no, somebody must have said they liked the Iron Banner armor." <laughs> yeah, um, I'm very excited though by this screenshot they give us at the end. Though we're not kidding when we say we're going under the sea. Here's a glimpse of one of the places you're headed in season of the deep. You are literally underwater, going into a research station in a coral reef. I am absolutely ecstatic about this. This is when they said that if we go back to destinations that are vaulted, we want to make them different when we go back. This is the kind of shit I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm absolutely ecstatic and stoked for this. Let, let's go. Let's go. Yeah, I'm ex I'm excited for the story this time around, to be honest. I think this could be potentially interesting and cool, and especially if like the Leviathan thing is is like, the theme of the, of the story like that could yeah. be really interesting hope it is oh guess we'll find out <sighs> guess we will find out maybe they'll kill and another character that didn't really earn it <laughs> the dungeon is coming 
our it's next true. adventure, the new redacted dungeon opens at 10 a.m. Pacific, Friday, May 26th. Ooh. I will absolutely be grabbing a day one clear on this. Yeah, I'm excited I'm for probably adventure. going out of town the next day. So <laughs> I plan on getting this done the first weekend. I, I'm really stoked. Really, really hope it's on Titan. We're going to talk a little bit more about the dungeon when we get the questions in a second, though. We have yeah. a question about this. Uh, if you ever wanted to be told how to spend your silver, there's Eververse recommendations. I think this is really silly. Yeah. yeah. I think it's very silly. I don't like it. <laughs> okay, sure. Whatever. You yeah. know. <laughs> I, I love that yeah okay sure whatever um not thrilled but that i mean that's it we are 12 days from season of the deep 12 days that's that's crazy man i this season has both gone by really slow and it's really it's gone by really fast at the same time i feel like this season like I feel like it went by fast but also like there's been too many other games and too many other things to do during this season that like maybe that's why it felt that it went by fast is because I just didn't play it a lot you know I finished the story beats I did some of the things surrounding it you know I did the raid twice and it was like okay I I did it you know (laughs) but uh, I wasn't like grinding out armor weapons or anything you know yeah, um, I think there are good weapons, but I think they were also really generous with the red borders for this season in particular, for uh-huh. the seasonal weapons. I think they were fairly fairly generous with it. I was getting them like crazy just from doing the weekly story. I had all the weapon patterns by the end of March. Yeah. Um, Neomuna is a different story entirely. Um, I don't think I can craft a single Neomunan weapon, and I've spent so much time there. Oh yeah, I forgot. I forgot the. I forgot the I'm so frustrated. Those are that's easily the worst grind that this game has ever had. Is trying to get the Nina Muno red borders. Yeah. Um, I digress, though. I digress, Corey. We have questions tonight. We have a lot of of the the cues, as they say. We we don't have too many, but we we've got some good ones here. Uh, We're going to spend a lot of time on them, I feel like, though. I, I think so, too. Some of them. Uh, Saint-14 writes in, and uh, first off, shout out to Saint-14. Uh, shout him out. And his, uh, him and his fiance are uh, about to welcome their baby to the world uh, at the time of this recording. He's been keeping us updated in the Discord. Uh, so I Have fun. Is. Kids are great. Kids are great. Kids are, in fact, great. Uh but Saint uh, Saint asks us, with Salone's hand being half taken in the promotional picture season of the Deep, do you think that is our last darkness ability? Well, that's the first question. I'm going with no. I'm going to say no, but I it, it it it's an interesting thing to think about, right? Like it's two tiers of the kingdom for me. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, but I I feel like I feel like it almost. It would be interesting if it was, right? I think I, I think you controlling the Taken would be really, really dumb. You had the opportunity to seize the power canonically and in the lore after defeating Oryx, and we chose not to. Yeah. I think that would be really silly. Only one person can take it at a time. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point of the tablets. Yeah. So I, I think it's really silly with the lore. I don't think it works. I think Resonance is probably our final ability. Uh, the abilities that we see, uh, the Tormentors and... Uh, Rolk and Nezarak use that uh that golden and that golden black light that they use I think that's what you're going to use for the final darkness ability yeah um 
do you think the new dungeon will be on Titan? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. They wouldn't the, bring Titan back without without yeah. bringing the dungeon. Yeah, no, and that's a way that Titan can live on after this year as well. Um, and if so, will the exotic from the dungeon be the hand cannon we see in the Lightfall poster? No. That, I want to say, they've already confirmed, will be the reward for doing the new quest on Neomuna. The one yeah, that's I tied like, to the van. Yeah, I feel like I believe that that, that was confirmed for that. Yeah. Um, and I do. I think it's a legendary weapon, too. I don't think that it's an exotic. I could be wrong on both of those, but I believe that this was... Uh, I believe no, this they, was addressed. They did address it. I don't remember what they said okay. it was. I'll, like, I'll do. I'll do some looking into it this week, and we'll we'll provide an answer next week. Yeah, it was in the, um, the TWAB. I think one of the TWABs. That, like, I think it was too. Like right after Lightfall came out too. Yeah, I, I got. I got to look back through Bungie.net. Um, Ronnie goes. So I guess switching loadouts on the fly is a common thing, and that's why people are freaking out about the two second delay. I guess I live in my own bubble. I think I know the answer to this, but do you guys switch loadouts on the fly? I know I sometimes switch before starting raid encounters and so on, but not mid-gameplay. It has to be an extraordinary circumstance for me to change mid-gameplay. Yeah, I only have... Right now, I only have three loadouts. uh, (coughs) Mostly because I don't... I've been... So, what I have been doing this season... By the way, Josh, fun fact. Got the cowboy hat finally. Oh, I'm so happy for you. I know. Oh, my God. It was amazing. I really uh, wish it wasn't attached to my fucking cloak so I could wear it all the time. Oh, it's my helmet now. So, yeah, uh, it wasn't part of our helmet. It's it's the toad of our cloak. <laughs> that's, that's so stupid. It's so fucking dumb. So fucking uh, dumb. But, yeah, I uh, I have two void builds that I really like. I have a solar build that I really like. But what I've been doing is, like, grinding out. Uh, armor now to yeah. like find stats that I need to build these other ones that uh, I've found in the discord or just searching around online or Johnny has sent me right like there's a there's a stasis build that I really really want to do uh, I'm going to try to kind of wait to build it until after these changes come in to see like what's going on and uh, if I really want to do that or not but like yeah I don't know man it's uh I don't switch on the fly. I switch before encounters. Um I don't find myself playing enough PvP hardcore right to do that. Um and uh yeah, I'll I'll usually switch between encounters depending on what we need. Yeah, during dur- between encounters, I feel like that's pretty standard. Mm-hmm. Um during encounters <clears throat> I mean, usually in uh usually in an activity where I would need to do that, I'm blocked from changing my loadouts. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that I absolutely do it. The first time I'm trying to figure out a raid, I'm switching on the fly. Yeah. Um, I do understand why people are upset about this. It's mainly speedrunners that are really upset about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those who are like trying to do like, you know, so solo encounters. Uh, right. so I can understand where that would be frustrating. And they're like, this doesn't hurt anybody and blah, blah, blah. And like, I don't listen. I don't, I don't remotely know enough about this to contribute to that discourse. Yeah. All I know is I think it's really silly to get upset over, that and they were still upset that it, when it was reduced to only being one second instead of two. I don't know. I think it's really silly. They explained it. They gave us a reason why. It's because there is some sort of damage bug. There's some sort of damage glitch where you can deal like massive amounts of damage when you switch between types of shotguns rapidly. Okay. Like, right. I I get it. And I would suspect that this is only going to be a thing until they figure out how to fix that issue. But it could, it, it could, take, it could take six weeks. It could take six months. Who right. fucking knows? This game goes down so much lately that who knows what fixing this could do. 
Right. Uh, Ronnie also asked a couple of other questions. Uh, this coming season is Season of the Deep. What do you think the following seasons will be themed after? Um, um, go ahead. Go ahead, Corey. Well, I, I, I think they're going to have to do... I think they're going to... three Seasons three and four are pretty much going to be like a 1A, 1B type situation going leading into yeah. Final Shape, I feel like. Uh, I would agree. I think one will definitely be... I bet one is Vex-themed, right? Uh, I think that's next season. I think we're going back to IO. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. In uh, keeping with going back with to Asher previous Mir. destinations. Yeah, yeah, especially with Ashramir being involved, right? So... I think uh, I think that would be a good opportunity not only to bring that back, but to bring because I mean you can bring Io back, and if the Vex are going to be, the, I mean the Vex pretty much have to be the next mystery after the final shape, right? Oh yeah, that's um, I mean I that's like bringing, the one thing they haven't addressed, right? And really bringing them the Pyramidian and those strikes back would also like help inject some fresh content. Mm-hmm. Um, the fourth season is the one I'm not sure about. Um, I think there's a possibility that we go to Mercury because if you remember the lore. Uh, leading into season of arrivals the lighthouses on mercury were acting as compasses mm-hmm. for the pyramid ships so i think there's still more yeah. and that, that would that would fit into a 1a 1b scenario because yeah. of how the vex are tied to it but also the cabal are on mercury mm-hmm. so i think that could make it very interesting kind of bring it full circle yeah um, and i kind of think we're done with like fighting elixir right i think that kind of yeah no, I mean, I we're largely done with Cabal outside the Shadow Legion. That right. was they they had to figure out how to keep them around somehow, right? Um, so Shadow Legion, I think you're, there's still enough there. I think that you can do, um, but we know that last season also is going to be major maintenance on the game. Right. Uh, they are taking that opportunity to refresh a lot of playlists. That gives me hope that maybe some old strikes that were taken out will come back. And like maybe we'll get like a weapon pool for things like Shattered Throne or for Pit of Heresy. Like give us reasons to run these older activities again by refreshing yeah. the loot pools or giving them loot pools at all. Right. Uh, we already know there's going to be some uh, some raid we- some raids are going to be updated to have uh, you know craftable weapons, new uh, new perk pools, etc. Uh, I believe that's been kicked around. Um, so I think there's plenty of things you can do. And I mean, of course, like we all know, like they got to work on pvp right oh, yeah. um i i gotta I, I have to wonder i mean we talk about destiny 3 all the time destiny 3 has to be coming it's i mean the more and more i've been thinking about this destiny destiny 2 is is gonna be over right i mean they have to have a clean cut something right even if it's not called destiny 3 like there has to be like a new thing for people to jump in on right i mean if we're leaving the solar system if we're going to another system or galaxy or something, right? If we're trying to figure out where the Vex are, there's got to be that that clean cut to get people yeah. in. Well, not only that, but also like, so we, we, we talk- talked a, we talked a little bit about game engine discourse a couple weeks ago, and um, I don't remember if I got a chance to bring it up here or if I got sick before I could. But um, Datto's video ranting about game game engine design and mm-hmm. just how you're fucking stupid if you think that i actually believe that uh fox and uh fox and i talked about this a couple of weeks ago it's really silly and it's really stupid um as far as we know bungie has been working on a new version of the tiger engine which is what destiny is built on they've been working on a new version of it because that is i believe what marathon is being built on yeah um 
that's the thing too. Like they have to have an engine that all their games are going to run on, right? So they can kind of swap people in and out, right? I mean, I I feel like that would be the smart thing to do, <laughs> at least in my opinion. Would to be having yeah. one engine that everybody knows and all their games will run on, and it's not just like duct taped and bubble gum together. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, I really hope that they are working on a new version of the Tiger engine and that a lot of their engineers are working on it. Um, I don't know. We're going to have to wait and see. I suspect we might get details about that um, as early as August of this year. I don't think they're going to wait till next year to tell us because we're getting to the point where the community is owed explanations for why whenever we bring the game back up on Tuesdays, we suddenly have to yank it down for emergency. We, it has been pulled down more for emergency maintenance in the last three or four months than I think it has in nine years. Yeah. That is what it used to be something that never happened. Like if it happened, something went egregiously wrong. Like currencies were deleted. Yeah. I remember that fiasco, like things like that. Not, oh my God, we fixed one little thing and it broke the whole game. And like, yeah. we can use the phrase spaghetti code, spaghetti code, like that. We don't even know what that means. Just like the game is a jumbled mess on the back end, apparently. Game development is harder than it looks, guys. It's harder than it looks. Yeah. And I really, really, really need to hope that they're making a Destiny 3. Because yeah. this game's not going to survive. Yeah. They got, I mean, they have to. I mean, the, the the fact that they've been using this engine and getting all this out of it since Halo Reach really, like, is incredible. Yeah, I don't but think also... they've ever made Tiger Engine 2. I think this is the, this is a heavily modified version. This is like a 1.7. Yeah, this is like 1.7, 1.8. We need the 2.0. Yeah. Just like Creation Engine finally had to move from the uh, engine that made Fallout 3 to what's going to make Starfield. Right. Yeah, they had to make Creation Engine 2. That's part of what took the wait for Starfield so long. Bungie does not have that luxury. They cannot sit there and be like, well, we're just not going to make Destiny content for like a year and a half. Or, hey, come play our other games. Like, no, Destiny is a, a multi-million dollar game. Like, that's a game that brings in probably around $100 million in revenue a year. Yeah. Like, it's. I mean, it's got to. That on the high end of estimates. Yeah. So we did the math at one point uh, of what we what we felt it was, and just at some point it's going to have to happen. And like they're working with PlayStation, I saw somebody throwing out like, "Oh, well, you know, they're part of PlayStation. They should just use the Decima engine." Like it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. I'm I sorry. Mean, we, saw, we saw what we saw what happened when EA tried to force the Frostbite engine into Mass right. Effect and Madden and FIFA and Dragon Age, right? Like it just an anthem, like and like. The people were saying like, oh, just switch to Unreal 5. It is not that easy. You have to remake every single asset in Unreal 5 then. And what a game engine does is beyond just how it looks, it's what gives the feel to the game. Bungie's games feel the way that they do because of their internal proprietary engine. Yeah. That's why these games feel as good as they do and feel so distinct. Yep. That's why. You will lose that if they go to a different engine. That's why they're going to iterate on Tiger Engine. But that's got to be coming sooner rather than later. Part of me really hopes that it might be. I don't think it'll be in place for Final Shape, but they got to be like, hey, that's what Goliath was codenamed. Like, we're going to relaunch the game for next-gen consoles. Mm -hmm. Or for current-gen now, for current-gen and for PC, for higher-end PC players. And guess what? You're getting it automatically. You know, we figured out a way to compress things more within the engine. I don't fucking know. Something's got to be done, though. 
something's got to be done and we got to be able to access content that we paid for. That's yeah. all I'm going to say on that matter. We, we've got other questions to get to. We got other questions. I did not intend to rant about game engines tonight. Um, it's fine. Ronnie also asked, what is you guys' favorite lore piece so far that has come out? I assume this means for Lightfall? Yeah. Question mark. I don't really have one. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. The lore is kind of a blur to me right now because I've been so focused on other things. I would say I really enjoy the Root of Nightmares lore with the Acolytes of Nezarak. Mm-hmm. I think that shines a really interesting light on what the fuck he was doing on Earth. Yeah, I would have to I would have to agree with you, honestly. Like, I, I think that the lore there is probably the most interesting or the most compelling yeah. thing going on. So. Uh, and then non-Destiny, what is the best lightsaber color slash build? It's the Yellow. one I made at Disneyland, Ronnie. Ronnie. Also, uh, I'll take a green lightsaber blade any day. Yeah. I'm uh I like yellow. I have a Rancor tooth as my pommel, so I mean that's... I you know, Corey, I made my lightsaber in Jet Star Wars Jedi Survivor with the exact same pieces that my lightsaber that I built at uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, the Walt Disney World Resort. I built it in the game. That's amazing. It's fantastic. It's called I, Synergy. I cry. Mice. I cried a little when I found out I could make my exact saber. Yeah. I so I want to play. I want to play that game, but it crashed on me three times, and I'm like, nope. I'll play it when you fix it. Have you bumped down to 30 frames mode? No. Well, yeah, you, I did. I did at one time at one point, but like I would get I would do the, do, the, would do the opening. I would play for about 10 to 15 minutes and it would just hard lock and, and I would have to reset everything. I would redownload the game. That might be a you problem because I uh, did. No, I did redownload. Wow. It. That's wild. I've not heard of anybody else having issues like that. Yeah. And and like now now Zelda's coming and I'm like, well, yeah, that's, you're just you're you're not getting played right now. That's so. unfortunate. It's the second best Star Wars game ever made. I I love the first one, but I I can't play it right now. So I will try to redownload it later uh, after Zelda because that is going to be next yeah. on my list after Zelda. To be honest, is, is it's Star outstanding. Wars, so. It's outstanding. Some of my favorite character development ever in the Star Wars universe comes from this yeah. game. It is an absolute treasure. I look for. I will probably do a new game plus on this eventually mm-hmm. once they have stabilized the sixty frames mode. Yeah, um, I plan to do New Game Plus at some point later this year. Um, I've been joking with Ray that, uh, you know, we have so many new releases because I'm going straight from Zelda into Diablo into Final Fantasy 16. And then July, uh, July and most of August is just like six weeks of nothing. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking really forward to my July games, as I'm calling them, which is like things in my backlog that I haven't gotten to yet this year. Right. I think a Jedi Survivor in 60 frames on New Game Plus is going to be in there. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited to play it. I just uh, Zelda takes precedent at this point. Well, speaking of Zelda, Tiger Jesus asks us Tiger if the Jesus. Master Sword was in Destiny 2, would it be a caster frame sword or a vortex frame? Would it be exotic or legendary? It's an exotic vortex frame. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, it's basically crown splitter. Yeah, it is kind of basically. It's literally crown splitter. That's what it is. Although I could see an argument for it being a caster sword, like shooting beams of light. But then that's getting into like, would that be canon within the Zelda universe? And that's a no. So that's a no for me, dog. That's a no for me, dog. 
Ronnie has yet another question for us. Is Brother Vance coming back in any of the seasons coming up? Do you think? Yeah, he'll um, be he'll be on the in in the in the Mercury season. I bet. If there's a Mercury season, uh, Vance could be there. Vance was descending into madness at the time of the pyramid invasion. He, I, if I'm remembering the lore correctly, he strangled a copy of himself that was being talked to him in the voice of uh, the witness, essentially. And it, he was trapped within the infinite forest. So he may have legitimately gone bonkers by the time we find him. Yeah, I got bonkers going into the infinite forest, too. I would love for him to, like, be secretly trying to fix uh, Osiris's sundial machine. And that maybe we use that to try and jump back in time because there, there's something fishy with Elsie's time travel that isn't adding up for me. I'm going to, I'm going to have to like what map what? it out like a conspiracy theory, but oh, gosh. it's like, not sitting well with me. The more I think about it, what are you, what's, what's, uh, what do you not like about it? I, uh, low key. I think the fact that she doesn't directly talk about it to us, uh, very much. We're left to find out about it in a lore book. Uh, part of me wonders if the traveler didn't send her back at all. What if, because in every single timeline that she saw in the dark future, it was because we had fallen to the darkness and the city was destroyed and this and that, the traveler fled. What if it's the witness that invoked her time travel with his weird other dimensional powers because every failure was another chance for him to reset the timeline to find the final shape again, to get to the point where he could draw that fucking triangle on the traveler. Because we know nothing after the events of Beyond Light happened in any of the other timelines that Elsie went to. Beyond Light on Europa was always the divergent point. Right. Always. So that's what makes me wonder. And I still want to know who the fuck she's talking to in Destiny 1 on the other side of that comm. Yeah. I I have questions, Corey. I mean. I have questions. We all have questions, Josh. Why are we here? What what's the purpose of life? Oh my god, it's forty two. Um, <laughs> Jiggly Panda asks us. Me and my fire team have been having a debate about the next dungeon, and I want to ask you guys: What's your prediction on the next dungeon? Enemy type, and will Tanix be back? Uh it's going to be clearly some kind of like aquatic hive. I think. Yeah. Um, very like Pirates of the Caribbean esque, with like the coral growing on them would be kind of cool. What if we have to swim? What if they add swimming to Destiny? I would hate that so much. I I would uninstall. I'm done. <laughs> Tanix is not back, but you can be Tanix with a steel chair if you buy the chair. Have you seen the chair finisher? Yeah. This shit's I wild. I, I love that finisher. it's intentional that you launch the enemies with it. That was actually an intentional thing. I thought it was a bug. Yeah. And funny. then I saw that it was confirmed real by the email, by the finisher designer. And I have not thrown... I threw 800 silver very quickly at the screen. Yeah, that's funny. I, I like that. So, But you can do that with the Tanix Halloween mask. And uh, the hunters basically have the cloak of Tanix. So you can be Tanix with a steel chair. That is 100% correct. It's great. Our last questions come to us from Knox. Um, we already, uh, we already talked about his first question, which is which exotic piece are you most excited to mess around with after the announced exotic changes? I think, uh, for us, it's, uh, no backup plan and, um, oh my God, I just blanked radiant dance machines. I think those are the ones that we landed on Yeah, for Titan and Hunter respectfully. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, and then uh, his second question. Since Bungie seems to be killing more story characters as of late, do you have any theories of who is the next story character to die? I mean, I think it's too easy to say Sloane. Yeah, well, they're not going to... You think they would bring her back just to kill her off again? No, and here's the thing, because if she's the seasonal vendor, they can't kill her off. Yeah. Um, I do think there will be a character that we're not expecting or who hasn't shown up in a little while in this. I mean, Eris could show up. I don't think they'll kill Eris off in a season. Though. Hawthorne. Oh my god, dude. If they killed fucking Hawthorne off on Titan, I would laugh so hard. Um, I do feel like if we're going back to Titan, it's probably going to deal with the Hive. Maybe like maybe the Shrieker from Savathun's Song is like still kicking it. I would low-key love to see that as a reprise do strike think, next season. Do you think... So, something I saw floating around online, and I don't know if it's true or mm -hmm. not, but do you think this is the beginning of Savathun's resurrection? It could be. It very well could be. I was, you know, I, was, I saw that floating around, and I thought, well... I mean, maybe. that wouldn't be a bad prediction. I would actually really like it if uh, Finch played a role in the season. I think it would be fun. Yeah. I think it would be fun. I don't know if it would actually happen, but I think it could be really fun. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens. If it's going to be a Hive-based season, there's really no limit to the kind of characters you can put in there because like, almost everybody's clashed with the Hive at one point or another. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, Sloane has a taken arm also, so Taken are involved. That could, you know, involve the Awoken. That could involve Crow. Petrovenge. Yeah. Um, as for the character to die next, uh, I don't want this to be like, Oh, let's kill everybody off in the seasons leading up to final shape. Like, I do agree that there need to be some stakes. I think Amanda's like literally the lowest stakes character you could get rid of, other than maybe Hawthorne. Yeah. Hawthorne or Ada One would be the only other ones, and you can't kill Ada, she's our transmog vendor. Um I don't know who else you could really off here. They're, they're not gonna kill somebody like Zavala or Ikora. Not, in, in a, not in a season. Not in a season. Um I mean Sloan could be. It all depends on what the what the vendor is for the season. Um, in fact, I don't even know if there there's no traditional vendor table that we have to go to for this season. I do know that. So I mean, it's entirely possible they kill Sloan off and we just do everything through the war table. It's entirely possible. Yeah. Uh, wouldn't shock me. Wouldn't be the first time Bungie did something like this. Uh, I do think that Sloan making it to the final shape is. Dodds aren't great after seeing that arm. They already weren't great, and she's already like, basically it's the equivalent of Cleveland being down 3-1 in the 2016 NBA Finals and then coming back to win it. Like, Sloan showing up in the promo art is basically the equivalent of blocked by James. The Mike Breen, the legendary Mike Breen call, that's basically what this is. Yeah. A little Cleveland sports analogy for Corey there. Yeah, a moment go he's gonna, a moment he's going to remember for well, the Cavs sure as hell didn't go this year. Yeah, um, I don't want to talk about it. It's fine. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. That that series was just a bunch of. Ooh. It was very bad. <sighs> Anyways, it's not great. It's not great. Um, I do want to give out a uh, before we wrap it up and head on out. I want to give a uh, special shout out to uh, uh, Anthony Lipniski. Uh, I hope I pronounced your name right. Uh, he messaged me on Twitter uh, a while back, said, you know, how much he was enjoying the show, how he listens uh, just about every week. Uh, love every second of the show and how candid uh, you are with uh, what you think is great and what you think is fucked. Uh, he sent me an article from Game <laughs> Rant the other day. Uh, Destiny, the 22 strongest guardians from weakest to most powerful. 
And I think this list is really, really funny because I'm going to go through this uh, over the course of the week. But can I just say, if 22 is the weakest and one is the strongest, having Eris Morin at 17 is fucking wild. That is not, that is a scorching like surface of the sun hot take. I wonder how, I wonder who made this list and if they're a big like if they've been playing since the beginning or if they're into the lore at all or anything. I would argue that they are into the lore uh because let me uh let me tell you something. They reference uh Ephrodite is on this list. Ephrodite is considered stronger than Saladin on this list by the way. Uh Lady Yolder is on this list. Shiro 4 um Shahan Shahan's on this list. Why is he on the list? He's not even last. That's the worst uh, part. He's not even last. Uh Kaber is on uh on here from the great Ahamkara hunt in the Vault of Glass yeah. fame. That, so that, I would say this person's decently versed in the Andal Brask is on here. But yeah, um also have, having Zavala at 12 is another fucking wild take. Absolutely wild. Uh like five of the spots in the top 10 are just straight iron lords i'm not even joking they go from this list goes from <laughs> fell winter to yolder saladin forge is at seven lord saladin is number seven on this list oh he's gotta be like top three ephrodite is number six radagast is five i hate this list shax is four ikora is three Osiris is two. Saint-14 is number one. I think <laughs> the fact that Osiris, Ikora, and Eris are not the three most powerful is a fucking wild take. You can it's make a, an argument that take. Saint should be at number four. Should we? I mean, we should probably make our own lists, right? I mean, and that's what I'm getting to. I would like to make our own list, but we're, we're just going to do the ones that we have, like, directly encountered in the game with the i will say with one exception we are going to put shin on this list because shin is so tied to the lore of so many classic yeah. exotic weapons I, th I, th I mean i think if they're tied to the lore and significantly within the game too i mean like, and I, I would argue that like you can do that with cobber too when you dive into like the vault of glass mm -hmm. and yeah the well that's literally the titan armor yeah i would just say the only reason i make the argument for shin is uh you know, everybody knows the story of the man with the golden gun. Everyone. Yeah. That's like one of the most fundamental pieces of lore you can introduce a new player to. That's a great starting point to get somebody sucked into the vortex of destiny lore. Here's how hunters created the golden gun and the last word and thorn. And, you know, then it expands, you know, with Lumina and Rose and oh my God, it's just right. so great. But I digress. We're going to save this. And we're either going to do this next week, if there's not much to talk about, or we're going to save this for the next time that we are really, really slow. Yeah. And we're going to make our own list of, uh, but we're not, I don't think we should use Guardians. I think we should do, who are the most powerful allies Ally. that we have? Because, I mean, Mara Sav dwarfs almost everybody. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, she. I, I would argue she does pretty much dwarf everybody. Except yeah, uh, again, maybe... with the exception of, like, the top three, she probably dwarfs everyone else yeah. in terms of raw power. Yeah. So, so I'd, I'd like to do an allies list, and at some point I'd like to do what are the most powerful enemies that we've ever taken down list. I'd like to do a top ten of that at some point. Yeah. So, yeah. Anthony, thank you so much for the idea that you gave us. Uh, we're going to get to this. We're going to save this so that you guys don't have to listen to us talk about 30 minutes of Zelda in the future. 
I mean, I mean, next week I'm we've had some week. real fucking slow weeks lately. Yeah, dude. I mean, I'm I'm not gonna lie. We're probably gonna talk about Zelda next week. Also, we're talking about Zelda next week because I it mean, will it's have Tears been of the out. Kingdom. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm gonna be talking about Zelda a lot next week across like five different podcasts. It's gonna be a good time, Josh. It's gonna be a good time. It's gonna be a good time, Corey. Before we get out of here, you have show and tell. I do. I meant to do it at the top of the we show. We meant to do this, but we talked about a lot of Zelda, and I forgot well, about it until so I saw it in the background. I've, I've been on the hunt, right, for the collector's editions for, for Destiny, right? And so I found a Shadowkeep one. Mint, like mint, mint in the box. Absolutely. Because mint. somebody can't spell because, Shadowkeep yeah. right. So one of the things my cousin taught me a long time ago, because like he used to sell a ton of things on eBay, like uh-huh. literally, literally like that was his job for like five or six years was like, he would just go yard sailing, look for sales online through like cheap ass gamer and all these, all these other places he'd go buy stuff, sell it for a profit. And he would, he would like, he would make a ton of money doing this. Right. So, uh, he said the one thing that you should look for if you want to f- find something cheap is to look for something that's spelled wrong and think of all the different ways you can spell it wrong and search for it. So I was like, okay, there was a couple on there, but a couple of shadow keeps on there. And I'm like, I'm never going to get a shadow keep one because there were like three, four, some of them, like a mint one was like $500. It's like, man, that's a lot of money for something that like I really don't need. Right. Uh, so I was like, you know what? Somebody's got to spell it wrong. This person spelled shadow without a W and shadow keep was two words. And I found it. I found it, Josh. I'm unashamedly doing this same thing right now. $142 shipped, Josh. That's a little steep, but uh, I respect it. Somebody is selling their uh, <laughs> Bungie employee developer shield token. I for know, Shad- I saw that. $350, buy it now. Yeah, somebody was selling their employee like crystal ghost for a thousand dollars that they if got. I, if I were crystal. rich, yeah. If uh, I were rich, uh, yeah. I would uh, entertain the idea. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. I don't. I don't think I would have spent that money on that. But I did sell a bunch of like stuff that I don't need, and I used that money to get it. I mean, I feel like I helped fund this purchase. I mean, yeah, you did. Oh, yeah, I forgot. You 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 bought my Halo Reach Collector's Edition. Because I also have show and tell. Yeah. It's been living on my desk right next to my computer because I have nowhere else to put it. Yeah. It's all there, right? I mean... I, it's all there. It's all there in perfect, pristine condition. I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah. That is, uh, that is my new baby. Now I need the Halo 3 helmet to go with it which is actually not horribly priced yeah well they made like a million of them well i couldn't find one so i will i will be buying one yeah i have one it's on my shelf over there but that's i'm not getting rid of that i love it so much i uh i fumbled my way out of getting one for free a couple of years ago and i'm still upset about it so josh why would you do that because i didn't have room in my duffel bag to bring it back from uh a friend's house in Florida. Mm. That's fair. So, still not uh not happy about it. That's fair. You know, that's I mean that's that's fair. Is it though? Is I it... mean, you I mean, you take a bigger duffel bag. I don't know. I mean, 
I bought a lot of shit on that trip. Anyways, uh, I digress. I left it in Florida on accident, and I was very upset about it. So uh, it still lives at my friend's house unless he has sold it. Uh, I have not had the courage to ask because I'm a little embarrassed. I may, uh, I may ask if he still has it one of these days. You know what I did almost buy the other day, Josh? What'd the, you almost buy? The the store down the street. There's like a a small chain of used game stores in this in, in this region. I would say called the Exchange, and mm-hmm. uh, they have they have a Titanfall Titan. Oh, and and the helmet. It was it was one hundred twenty dollars for both. No, for for each. I would low key pay one hundred twenty for that statue. Yeah, it's pretty cool looking. I gotta say, man, the Titan is pretty cool looking. I'm not the I'm not the I'm not a huge Titanfall guy, but I I, I enjoyed it when I played it, and that Titan is super cool. So. I love Titanfall. I would play. I would definitely play another one if it came out. Yeah. Uh, I I hope they do. I hope they do eventually, but uh, that's probably too good of a thing for me to hope for. Yeah, there are no concrete plans, and as as uh, what's his face would say. I don't want to talk about it. You know, it's fine though, Josh. I'm still upset about it. I don't want to talk about it. All right, Corey, get us out of here. Get us out of here before (laughs) I start. Keep looking on eBay for more things to spend money. I don't have. You can, you know, look, you deserve to buy something new too, Josh. I I have aired my grievances with Corey before this show. (laughs) Uh, I want to thank everybody for watching and or listening to this episode of Tower Casuals. You can follow us on Twitter and social media at Tower Casuals. You should join the Discord. Join the Discord. Discord. I like how that's kind of been like our our secret meme. (laughs) Join the Discord. (laughs) Anyways, Josh, where can we find you? Uh, You can find me in the Discord as Finn, uh, until Discord probably makes me change my name. Um, Why are they going to make you change your name? Because Discord is rolling out a change to where uh, people can only uh, have one name. So there will be no longer be na- numbers. Uh, only one person can use each name. <coughs> so uh, I look forward to having changed my name. Uh, and then I'm on Twitter still. Josh underscore Finn, two ends. I'll probably talk a whole lot about Zelda over the next couple weeks. And if the Mavs, the Mavs are in the draft lottery next week. Oh boy! For the tenth overall pick, and we have a we have a we have like a twelve percent chance to move up into the top four, and we have a three percent chance to land Victor Wembanyama. Mm. Corey, I'm going to tell you right now: if Wemby comes to Dallas, I like I may not be on the show next week because I may still be screaming. If you say so, Josh. If you if listen, you say so. Listen, I was so elated last night with my uh, very strained vocal cords that I was uh, hooping and hollering that uh, despite all odds and every ballot that I had seen which voted Donovan Mitchell over him, Luka Doncic still got first team All-NBA despite not even making the play-in this year. I saw that. Because he had a phenomenal season, posting 32-9-9. and What an absurd stat line. I mean... It it is. The only sure other is. person to average that is Michael Jordan. Across mm. the whole season. That exact Look, Luca's Luca's good, man. Four first team all NBA selections in his first five years in the league. And the year that he didn't get it, he got rookie of the year. So he is already tied. He is already tied. Dirk Nowitzki, Steph Curry, uh John Halachek, 
and a few other, I think Steve Nash, as having just as many first-team selections as them. And he's 23 years old. Mm-hmm. That is, that's bonkers. That's fu- that's fucking bonkers. I, I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to say. Four <laughs> straight first-team selections. That's insane. Giannis just got his fifth. Uh, and he's, it was his fifth. Unanimous. He's so, good. he's so good, man. I fucking love Giannis. I, I like I secretly hope that he gets discouraged enough in Milwaukee to want to come play for Mark Cuban, but that'll never happen. No. Most but they can take Jason Kidd. He loves Jason Kidd. Please take Jason Kidd away. Take the bad man away. Take him away. Take him By away. The way, did you see did you see that uh <laughs> JJ Reddick is gonna uh uh interview for the Raptors? Oh my god, coaching? dude, don't even get me fucking started on that. I don't mind former players becoming coaches. I mind when you go and you enter it's just like when the Texans interviewed Josh McCown for their uh open head coaching position despite having no coaching experience. Yeah. It's like, why? I don't mind if you went and like had some experience, but it's just like when Jason Kidd got hired. Like, why? Why are you why are you being hired as the coach? Go go be a go at least do what Steve Nash and Steve Kerr did. Go right. be a coach, go be an assistant on somebody else's team, maybe help win a championship or have a couple deep playoff runs and then do it. I mean, Jared Dudley's doing it in Dallas. He's learning under Kidd. Yeah. Half of us are hoping Kidd gets fired and they promote Jared Dudley at this point. So I mean, what what's it gonna hurt? <laughs> You know, uh, I mean, I don't think Luca likes Jason Kidd. So, all right, Corey, get me out of here. This is not uh, the basketball podcast. It could be. Uh, it could be. <laughs> you could, you could. I think we talked about almost. <laughs> I think half the show is just filled with non-destiny garbage. <laughs> yeah, I'm really sorry. They're not giving us a whole lot to talk about, and the uh, the exotics thing. I mean, if we're not trying to get people to get upset, there isn't really a whole lot to talk about there. It's just like, hey, cool. We buffed, and, some, we buffed some older things. And look, Josh and I don't get uh, very much time to just sit and talk. So this is this is that excuse, too. So uh, you can follow me at I am Corey and HD on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me in the Discord. You can find me other places. I want to thank everybody for watching and or listening. And until next time, we love you. Goodbye. Play Zelda. Goodbye.